I'm Frank. I'm Melissa. And this is the War Couple Podcast. Welcome everyone. We are live from Fiona Studios, aka our RV. Yes, we're sitting outside our house in our RV. Wanted a semi-quiet and comfortable spot to set up, so here we are. Away from the dogs and kids. Quite homey and quiet. It is quite homey and quiet and warm on this cool night so uh it's taking some time to get everything set up um but we're finally here got all the equipment ready to go it's also taken us almost 12 years um to get here and by here i mean a spot where we are comfortable talking about our experiences um we'll talk a little bit more about what we're exactly talking about but um everything we went through uh was always embarrassing felt taboo um so when people would ask about it we would just you know say yeah everything is okay Melissa's in the hospital but we're never going to details there's a stigma attached to it there's a stigma attached to any kind of mental health issues which is what we're here to uh talk about um, so we finally got to a place uh, where we both wanted to share our experiences with the hopes of helping other people. It took Alyssa longer than it took me. Much longer. To get to this point. Um, but we're here. We're here together. Uh, originally this idea started as a book, but uh, since books are hard AF to write, unless you have a lot of time and patience... Uh, which I do not. Um, Definitely not. That didn't exactly uh, work out. So uh, instead, uh, I was actually visiting. I had a doctor's appointment with our primary care physician and uh, talked to him about the idea of writing a book. And he said, uh, that's great. Um, you know, it's great that we want to talk about and share our experiences for other people. And we'll talk about him throughout the podcast. He's a pretty awesome doctor. Um, so, and he said, well, you know, your target audience doesn't read as much as they listen to podcasts. So why don't you do that? And I said, mm, no, I don't want to do that. The thought of, <laughs> thought of recording myself was horrifying. Um, uh, but the more I thought about it, we were talking about it actually last summer, if you remember Yes. We were on the beach, and uh, we had... Our favorite spot. Slowly started talking about uh, doing a podcast, and she was... uh, Dragging my feet. Really wasn't sure what a podcast was, to be honest with you. Um, (laughs) 
she's like, well, do I have to show myself? <laughs> like, no, that's just voice recording, kind of like a radio. Think back to uh, pre-TV days, just listening to the radio. Good thing you can't see me right now. I'm in PJs. <laughs> that is a podcast. It is late at night. Uh, it is 11.26 p.m., so yes, we are comfortable <laughs> in our motorhome. Um, but that's besides the point. So <laughs> once she understood what a podcast was, and uh, we've been listening to a few just to kind of get a, a kind of a feeling of what it what it's about, um, she kind of came around to it. So we just started discussing names. A uh, warrior couple came up, and uh, you brought up. I brought it up. Yes, uh, there were no other. From what I could tell, uh, not a lot on uh, our topic out there. In the podcast world, a little bit here and there, and uh, nobody using our name. So, hey, it worked out. And uh, Alyssa didn't know this, but we uh, recently announced our intention to family and friends. That was a surprise. At her surprise 40th birthday party recently. Um, so I had a hoodie made up for both of us with our logo. Um, on it and there were some tears and uh, lots of words exchanged so we were glad to do it in front of all of our friends and family everybody almost everybody who was part of something at some point yeah there for us throughout and definitely in the beginning uh, was present so um, it was fitting uh, and it was cool thing to share so um, we had a week off together to uh relax and do a staycation and start recording but that did not happen <laughs> did it no we tore the downstairs apart <laughs> we decided to paint our kitchen it's walls, not a small one <laughs> walls and cabinets and the adjoining tv room since they share a wall and you can't paint half of a wall so yeah two rooms cabinets um ceiling to be done ceiling still to be done but uh, it does look good, so there is that. So here we are on a Monday night. Um, before that also took us 12 years, didn't it? Uh, probably about the same time, yeah. <laughs> so here we are on a Monday night before I go back to work from my little staycation uh, recording. So um, so we've been kind of alluding to some things. So what exactly are we talking about? Well, we were talking about our battle with postpartum psychosis, a very terrible condition uh, that is pretty rare and very also rare. rarely talked about, which is why we're here. Um, so just some quick stats for your postpartum depression, uh, which most people know about. Uh, one in seven moms and one in ten dads actually suffer. I'm not sure how many people know that dads can suffer as well, um, but they can. So, uh, postpartum psychosis, one to two out of every 1,000 deliveries, or 0.1% of births. So, like I said before, it's rare, um, but it happens. And if you don't know about it, it can be a very scary thing. So, here are some symptoms of postpartum psychosis. Um, obviously that's going to be our focus. Uh, we're not going to talk much about postpartum depression because that's not what we had experience with. Um, but it is also a uh, very common and important thing to look into if you feel like you are experiencing 
um, anything like that. But um, symptoms of postpartum psychosis, delusions or strange beliefs, hallucinations, feeling very tired, hyperactivity, decreased need for or inability to sleep, paranoia and suspiciousness, rapid mood swings, difficulty communicating at times. I believe um, we're pretty much going to talk about all of those things. Yes. I think I had almost every single one of those so, at some point. Pretty serious topic. Uh, we're going to try to keep it light. Um, hopefully share some laughs. But, you know, all in the end, it's a very serious topic. So we want to... Uh, but there is a way out and there is hope. Yes, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So... Um, before we talk about our experiences, we want to talk about us. Um, I feel like we feel like it's important um, for you to understand. I mean, we're hoping to reach uh, a wide variety of people who don't already know us. But uh, those who know us don't need to hear our story again. But uh, those who don't, it's important to understand how well we know each other because that's going to come up later on um, several times probably. So... We met in 2000. Millennium. The new millennium. We, uh... In the I, fall. I was working... Actually, it was summertime. Oh, yeah, it was summer. When I first came to visit yes. the campus. She was visiting the college for the first time. I was already there for two years working in the bookstore. She came in with her uh, mom and a friend to... The friend wanted a job. Friend wanted a job, and, well... I ended up with the well, job. <laughs> she ended up with the job, so it worked out for me. And um, a family member worked there. People may not believe this, but I actually remember the first day I saw her. I remember seeing you. So, well, but people may not be like, yeah, okay, whatever, yeah, love at first sight, yeah, you really believe, you really remember the first time you, you saw You wore your Metallica cartoon shirt. My Metallica shirt. Metallica's going to come up later on, actually, too, in a <laughs> fun story. Um, and you walked out the door, and I said, I really want to meet him. Right, well, I can't say that I remember what you were wearing, but <laughs> I do. It was boring. I, I'm not saying that, but I do remember... Uh, Seeing you walking in, I'm like, oh, she's pretty cute. I wonder what uh, her story is. And luckily, you started working there. So, so yeah, we spent a lot of time working at college together, um, spending time eating at college in the grill, meeting friends, hanging out with friends. So Always the same spot. Always the Just same, about. same spot. Um, we would, you know... Spent both living at home, so we'd spend time at each other's houses, falling Maybe asleep. a little too much. <laughs> a little too much, <laughs> falling asleep on the couch. Long drives home at late at night. Long, yes, long late drives home. Many a night. So, even early on, spent a lot of time together. Um, moved in together in 2004. I got a, in a new different town. I got a new job, right? So we were yes, we uh, I was working an hour over an hour away and I didn't want to drive anymore, so we moved in together closer to my job. So we moved away and in together, um both while planning a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> 
while planning a wedding. And, and then, uh, then we moved back. <laughs> well, not back, but we moved to New York um, two, weeks. two weeks before we got married. So, and, Fun time. And we're still married. So cheers to us. <laughs> so, yeah, we got married in 2005. Um, and we had our first baby in 2009, July. Um, so I know it seemed like we moved through that kind of fast, but, uh, you know, pretty much from the time we met to time, you know, we got married and still to this day, I mean, we spend other than working almost every waking hour, almost every waking hour together. So, um, we know each other very, very well. Um, the, um, issues surrounding postpartum psychosis, I mean, Nobody could really even tell us what we were experiencing, never mind uh, how we got there. So, From lack of experience and not coming across it before with their patients. Yeah, but I also feel like um, even postpartum depression, you know, we went through some classes with um, our birthing classes and they had some top, they talked a little bit about it, but I, I don't... It was mostly baby blues. I don't... It didn't like, come across as that. No, and I don't feel like um, I don't feel like they spent enough time on either one of those. Well, they they didn't talk about psychosis at all. But I don't feel no. like they spent enough time on even depression. And then you just sit there and like, well, I mean, you you don't even always believe you're going to use everything they teach you, which we did. They actually helped us um, through the childbirth, but uh, you don't really think that uh, postpartum depression or anything is going to um, affect you, but you just never know. So, uh, first birth experience, Silas, what do you think about that? (laughs) I don't want to scare anybody, but... It happened fast. It was very fast, yes. So, and that was probably one of the best parts, but... I mean, one way it was it was good. We thought we were on a you know a good track because you know we weren't. I could have done without the hemorrhaging. We weren't going to spend days in the hospital, but um, yes, it was very scary afterwards. Uh, you know, it took about two hours, two and a half before I was all stitched up. Yep, they uh, had trouble getting the bleeding under control, so. Um, you know, there was a lot of trauma there. Um, it was touching over a while. You could tell the... Um, you can tell in, in just their actions and their voices that there was something going on. But, again, they don't ever tell you the severity of it. And I was distracted by a new baby just laying there crying. So I sent him to Ava. And so there's that. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, I you know I I think there's definitely something, and as we go through our experiences, you know, there was nothing prior to having a baby. There was no, uh, obviously, any kind of prior mental health issues can can um, bring on some this kind of thing. But um, in our case, there was none of that. Um, so there was definitely something connected to the birth uh, itself. Um, you know, I don't know that. They always know there's a lot of different reasons it could happen. So, um, the but main thing is the hormone changes they believe played a big part 
and my delivery trauma was a big part. Yeah. So that's kind of how it all started. Um, even early on, you know, like I said before, you know, we know each other pretty well. So, um, you know, I, I, early on, I knew something was, was not right, but within you know, a few weeks. Yeah. Really, really early on, but you know, you kind of attribute it to hormones, different things, being tired, you know, over exhaustion. Yes. Adjusting, being tired, just lots of changes in your body and your lifestyle. Um, so like I said, we had very limited knowledge around, um, postpartum depression. Uh, I had no clue about postpartum psychosis. Um, even after, and we'll talk in a future episode about, um, our experiences getting through it, but, um, even early on, they, they couldn't tell us what it was. It's just like, we don't know. I was like, how do you not know? Like, this is something, this is something very severe. Um, I would think, I would think that we had a pretty severe case of it. I don't, haven't talked to many, if any people that really went through this personally, but um, from what I saw, I would say no it was... No one to the point of being in a hospital that we know of. Right. Um, so, you know, we talked about some of the symptoms before. Delusions, strange beliefs. Um, I had a few. Yeah, there's a few things. Uh, so she referenced my Metallica shirt. Uh, one story that sticks out, we were at my brother's apartment and, uh, she was telling me that Metallica had covered a pop song. I can't remember the exact uh, artist. I believe maybe Britney Spears. And uh, so, you know, I, I'm like, I'm a Metallica fan. I know they didn't cover a Britney Spears song. Um, but, you know, she was irritated, which is another uh, one of the symptoms. And, you know, anything that I would question, I would. I would hear something and it's like, no, that's not true or that's not right. But if I questioned it, you know. I would jump down his throat. You know, she'd get irritated. So, um, is what it is. You know, you kind of just, uh, I, you know, again, chalked it up to um, hormones and just, you know, whatever. I think we should also say that, like, there's going to be things that, you say that I don't even remember because oh, yeah. of the symptoms. Yep. Uh, that's why we're doing a podcast, too, because, you know, writing a book, obviously, we both have input. But sitting here face-to-face with microphones, recording everything, um, there's things she's not going to remember. And there's um, things that we're going to remember differently because, you know, she was in a different state of mind um, when she was at her worst. So um, there was no reality when I was at my worst is pretty much right what it was right my reality was not your reality right so um another thing um and we talked about this recently when we were talking about topics for the podcast but she i remember very clearly because certain things stand out when they're really out of the ordinary um and i just want to kind of say the fact that we're able to recall some of the stuff 12, almost 12 years later is pretty 
amazing. I can't. I have trouble remembering stuff from yesterday. Right. <laughs> but. Or like the sentence before we came out here or. Right. But. Conversation we had this morning. Just demonstrates how um, traumatic this whole thing was. And it just really. It lingers. It etches into your mind and it doesn't go away, which can be a blessing or a curse. It depends on how you look at it. Uh, luckily, we're here able to share stuff with you and hopefully shed some light on some things. Um, at the same time, we live with this the rest of our lives and something we'll never forget. So, um, But after 12 years, I get, you know, I, I think we can say that uh, we're in a good spot. Um, we don't suffer. Much better spot. Suffer much trauma from it. It's not like we have um, recurring nightmares or anything, but it is something that uh, is very much with us. So the other story that kind of stands out, um, she had um, gone to Syracuse with her mom and and uh, Ava, and um, I had gone out with a friend, Matt, um, who was also around a lot for this and wants to be on the podcast. So maybe we'll have Matt on in a future episode. Um, we went to TJ Friday just to kind of get out. And uh, I don't, I'm, I'm a very social drinker, but I don't go out very often. This is actually the only time since uh, we had Ava that I had gone out. Um, so uh, we went out, had some drinks, had some dinner, came back. Um, they hadn't come back from Syracuse yet. Um, we sat on the couch, they came back, uh, everything was fine. And then sometime later on, I don't, I don't remember if it was days or weeks or whatever, but some point after this, um, we got in a fight and she said that I go out all time drinking. And I said, no, uh, I went out once with Matt. Um, and actually we were back in the house before you guys came back from Syracuse. So again, it's one of those things, you know, made, made me very angry, uh, which I, I'm not uh, prideful of, but um, luckily I'm not an abusive person. I would never hit or harm anybody. I did not like that night. I don't remember everything, but I remember how angry you got. Yeah, I mean, I was accused of something that was completely false, so. And that right there was a red flag to him. Which yeah. Then we had our appointment. Some point, yeah. So we uh, she had a follow-up appointment with the OBGYN, um, and you know he would you know hey, she had an appointment. Then we talked to him together, and uh, I kind of explained to him some of the things I had witnessed, and uh, he told me that I need to be new mom syndrome. Well, yes, but he also told me I need to be more supportive. Right. Which, you know, was very upsetting to me and probably easily could have threw me into some kind of rage because, um, you know, I had been nothing but supportive through this whole process. The fact that I was sitting in his office with you. Right. Um, should have shown him that I was being supportive, uh, that I was even bringing up any kind of things that uh concern me um but you know it's easy to be mad at him for I, I do believe he dropped the ball and didn't get his help when we needed it but um 
going back to our other story about the childbirth. I was going to say, he did save my life. He did deliver <laughs> and was there and um, pretty much probably saved her life. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, it, yeah, I could, you could easily be. It's a catch-22. He yeah. helped when we needed it the most, but then mentally he did not help. And I, listen, it could have been, it could have been lack of training. Maybe he had no clue. And, it, you know, some of the, I think it was early, kind of early on. Some examples, it wasn't like I had a ton of examples for him. So right. some of the stuff I was saying, he may have been, that's ah, nothing. It wasn't full blown at that point. Right. It was it's just the early. irritability. I couldn't sleep, that kind of stuff, which I think he blamed the hormones mostly and going back to normal. Yeah, um, some other things that kind of stood out. I mean, I remember waking up at like two a, one or two a.m. I don't remember. I know it was early or late. Two. Depending how you look at it, and like the lights are on downstairs, and she's not in bed, and I'm like, "What the heck's going on?" I go downstairs, and you know, what are you doing? She's like vacuuming the floor. I'm like, it's two o'clock in the morning. I can't sleep. Do you remember much about that? I remember like trying to organize stuff that I wanted organized before she was born and I was just disappointed that I didn't get it done and I just kept on staying up and finding more things to do which isn't like me like I and she slept so like I wasn't sleeping so I was like well what the heck am I gonna do so I would find things to do right Going back again to what we were talking about before, the symptoms, hyperactivity, which, you know, you could argue was part of that. You know, she was, like, frantically clean, like, just not, like, casually cleaning. Like, she was, like... Like, it had to be done that, like, the queen was coming the next day or something. And, uh, again, a decreased need for uh, for sleep or the inability to sleep. So, um, again, things that we, you know, it's not normal, but... I'm like, okay, well, she can't sleep, so she's cleaning. But um, maybe should have utilized Google a little bit earlier than I did, but it is what it is. Um, it was also 12 years ago, so yeah. it was a different time. Like, you didn't use Google as much as you use it now. No, and, you know, we, we um, do we trusted the doctors and depended on the doctors to guide us in the right direction. So, yeah. Um, summer of 2009, we had a vacation with family, um, at the beach, same beach, ironically enough that we came up with this podcast name, but, uh, regardless, it wasn't a great trip for many reasons. Some not related to the psychosis, but, uh, we had several breakdowns with our truck on the way there. Um, I was still healing. Ava was still a newborn. We probably shouldn't have gone. Um, but we wanted to keep normalcy as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, we like the beach. We like vacation. Who doesn't? And staying, feeling normal, was important to us, even with a brand new baby. And you know, yeah, there were there were there were things that weren't so great and some warning signs, but you know. We didn't know exactly what we were dealing with, so we didn't think that we would be 
facing any issues, but uh, I do. I don't remember a ton about that vacation. I do remember um, a few arguments. I remember you getting irritating and saying things to my family you wouldn't normally say. You know, yeah. just being agitated. Um, you know, so I think it was overtiredness and exhaustion, and it brought out the worst. And I didn't have a stop to what I was saying, and it just flew out of my mouth and it shouldn't have and it was the wrong time of day sometimes and I think with the symptoms that we didn't know what was going on but I think that blew it out of proportion like way out of proportion yeah one uh, I mean people were just trying to help and I would get angry yeah one particular incident was uh I think you had to make a bottle for Ava. And we were in town. We were in, in Charleston. And I thought she could make it to the next place. And of course, with a newborn, <laughs> they have their own time. And she didn't quite make it. So we were stuck in the middle of this. I don't know. Right. I, I remember. But I remember you saying, like, we we're, you know, I think we had just pretty much stopped and. Probably in your mind, like things are moving or should have been moving a lot faster than they were. And I remember you saying, you know, why is everybody just standing around? Why is anybody helping me? Type of thing. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you. Because the scoop or something. Yep. Something with the scoop. Because I remember you had to go into a restaurant yes, and you asked for a I spoon. I had to get a spoon. Mm-hmm. Yes. I do remember that. So, again, very irritable. Um, you know, I. I was embarrassed at the time for um, the way she was acting because it wasn't normal. And, you know, it's my my family. It was my family. We were with my parents, my sister. Um, so, you know, it was a, it wasn't our best vacation. No, it was not a 10 out of 10. It was not for anybody. And I apologize and thank them for the support because... They knew it wasn't me. And yep. So let's just say the first uh, year and a half or so was, uh, you know, pretty rough. Uh, I I shouldn't say that. It was. It had some. It has it has ups, it, ups and downs. Ups like and downs. a roller coaster. Like yeah, there were. I mean, talking about a year and a half, right? I I gave uh, a few small examples, and there was obviously more, and not, we're not going to remember everything that happened. But there was also good times. But you know, it was uh, it was something that we hadn't experienced before, something we weren't sure what we we're dealing with. So, and we were the first one out of our family to have kids. Yep. And friends, so we had nothing to go off of. Yeah. Um, so we definitely we definitely battled some things the first year and a half, and again, uh, no clue really what we're dealing with. We had zero idea that we were dealing with this monster looming above us um, that was going to end up, unfortunately, um, taking us to a place where we didn't know if we were going to be able to come back from. So. Uh, jumping ahead to the fall of 2010, um, I had just gotten a new job. 
and had been sent to Atlanta for training um, for a week. It was the first time. You were gone away. It was the first time I was gone away. Yeah, well, it was the first time I was gone away from you for an extended period of time, period. But especially since we had, um, since we had Ava. So um, I think that, I think that trip really was kind of the icing on the cake. Like yeah. the, maybe it's not a great term. Usually you say that for something good, but that was like the you know kind of last straw. That was. I was gonna say the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Because like it all went downhill. Yeah. Uh, we went from like, you know, treading. Well, yeah, but like issues here and there, not constant. To. Um, and I, I like don't metaphors. I don't remember all the I don't remember all the text messages we had exchanged. I wish uh, I wish I did. Um, it'd probably be quite entertaining at this point, but I don't think I'd want to read them. Um, I do know, I I do know that from text messaging, I knew something was seriously wrong, and you had quit your job. I remember contacting you and you telling me to wait. And something happened that I couldn't promise him that. And I can't remember for the life of me what led up to it. I know it had to do with two of my bosses that were kind of on my case, but not on my case. Like, I can't say 100% sure because looking back, I know I wasn't in my right mind. Right. So they could have just been normal things, and I took it to the extreme, and it pushed me over the edge, and for some reason, I did not wait for him to get home, which, from our story, we talk to each other about everything before we do anything, and I did not wait for him, and I just called my job and left this message saying that I couldn't come back and that is totally out of character for me which I did not realize at the time what I was even doing I remember I couldn't even really dial the right number so part of me almost wished that like it didn't go through but apparently after many tries I got the right number and left the message I, so I remember also even before I went to Atlanta, yeah, and there was a lot of paranoia. Uh, you thought people I were thought, following you. So I used to drive the same highway every day to go to work, and I would stop at the same gas station all the time on the way home. I stopped at a gas station. It was after a day where one of the parents I had to call CPS on and I was very nervous about this family and again I can't say a hundred percent if it was something that I should have been worried about with this family or not or if it was the psychosis working on me um but when I stopped for gas I of course had our daughter with us and I got out and I just got this eerie feeling that the truck behind me was following me and I don't know what happened after that I do know there was this vehicle behind me 
that followed me to our exit, but I don't know if it was coincidence or my mind playing tricks on me, but it was part of the paranoia symptom. Yeah, and I, I think it happened more than once, right? Probably. I remember, like... I only remember one time. Like I said, I can't remember every single thing, and my timeline is all discombobulated. Yeah, and I think, um, from what I remember, it happened more than once. Um, but I, I, I do remember that, you know, I do remember you feeling paranoid, not being happy at work, and, uh, I mean, I, I guess I, I was probably surprised that you were wanting to quit. I know you weren't happy, but same time, you know, we had a new baby, and how right. we were going to survive on one paycheck. So, um, that was a shock. Um, and I don't remember the exact moments that led up to me calling Carl, but Carl is one of our close friends. He's, uh, been with us from the beginning of our relationship. Um, been with me as a friend for a very, very long time. I would also like to get Carl on the podcast because he may have some more insight. Um, maybe his memory is a little bit better around this whole scenario. But um, I and again, I, I don't know. I don't know why I chose him, but I remember texting him. I may even called him. I don't remember, but um, I remember getting hold of him and said, "Listen, I'm in Atlanta." There's something wrong with the list. And at that point, you had already driven home. So one thing right. we didn't really touch on is uh, while she was, after she had quit her job and going through all this. Um, I was with my mom she, at a fair. And I don't know. Stuff just went hairy, <laughs> to oh. say the least. But yeah, I mean, you drove drove to her house you got to her house i got to her house and i told her to take care of eva i think you went to maybe that's why i was uh contacting carl didn't you say you were gonna go find carl i think i had i wanted to go find carl and i don't know why i i think because i knew something was not okay but i couldn't explain it there's another symptom um I believe my dad took me to his house. I think that's right. But I never got out. Yes. We just sat outside, and I was contemplating whether to go to his door or not, and then I was like, I don't think he's home. Just take me back. And then we ended up back at my mom's and dad's house, and I think I took off again and went to my grandma's house. It's possible. I do know that once I got a hold of Carl and you were kind of like, I, I think that's right. I think because you had said, I'm going to go see Carl. So I'm like, well, I'm going to contact Carl and kind of tell him what I saw or what I experienced or what I thought was going on. Um, And you, for whatever reason, didn't make contact with him at his house, but he ended up coming to your mom and dad's house. Mm-hmm. I got back to my mom and dad's house. I think my mom took me back, maybe. But Carl ended up coming to your parents' house, and uh, he talked to you. I called Matt somewhere in there, too. But I remember talking to Carl, and, uh, you know, 
he's like he told me what he saw i'm like dude you need to you need to get her help and he had called a fr- i do remember this he had called a friend of his and told her what was going on what he experienced what he said what he heard and saw and she's like you need to get her a hospital right now so that's what he did he did and he had to keep me in the car the whole way yeah well and i don't know how that all oh, maybe he'll remember more about that but um how that all i think i was in the car with him and my dad was in the back seat or my dad followed behind us. I don't know. I don't know all the details. We're going to go into more of that uh, next episode. Um, there's a lot to unpack um, when it comes to all of this, uh, especially the the hospital stay. Um, so, you know, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we truly appreciate you taking the time to listen to us and support us you know um we're not here for any kind of recognition or uh notoriety i just want to help other if we, moms if we can help one other person obviously want to help as many as possible but if we can help one person by sharing our story then this was all worth it so um please um subscribe to the podcast share your thoughts and stories with us uh we do have an email set up warriorcouple00 at gmail.com. You can also find us on all the social media platforms Facebook, Warrior Couple Podcast, Instagram, Warrior Couple Podcast, and Twitter at warriorcouple00. So please find us, send us emails. Um, if you have a story uh, you want to share, um, we'd like to hear about it. Um, but anything you can do to, uh, share with us, we'd appreciate I think you need to end on a good note. Sure. You left them hanging (laughs) with a terrible, terrible ending. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, there's not a lot of, uh, upside, unfortunately, to our, I mean, this point, you know what I mean? I mean, we're sitting here. The good part comes at the end, guys. Yeah, and there, (laughs) listen, there is a, there is a light in the tunnel. We're here together. We're still... Um, kicking so um you know we have two beautiful healthy girls so you know there is a good ending to this story we promise um it's not all doom and gloom but in the you know in the end we cover it yeah you still have to we still need to cover it right we need to talk about all the the bad and the ugly um because you know if someone experiences something similar they need to understand um what it's all about it's like a storm yeah. And then, you know, it's rumbling, then it stops, and then at the end, there's a little rainbow. Yep. Um, I do want to end with um, some um, resources that you can use if you have any issues or you think you may have any issues. Um, so there's a National Crisis Text Line, text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741. From anywhere in the United States, anytime about any type of crisis. There's also a National Suicide Prevention Hotline and website, 1-800-273-8255, suicidepreventionlifeline.org. There's also a Postpartum Support International group. Um, you can find them online, postpartum.net. And at S-A-M-H-S-A. Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration website as well, and a phone number. So their website is www.samha 
www.hsa.gov. Again, www.samhsa.gov or 1-800-662-HELP. Thank you all again, and we will see you next time. Next time. Thank you.